Okay, let's get started with uh, God's Word this morning. We're going to start in Matthew chapter 15. So if you could turn with me to Matthew chapter 15. And uh, we're going to um, just hold your place there. And then if you could, um, take and also mark these other two passages for me. All right. Um, mark 7, 1 through 8. And Luke 11, 37 through 53. All right. Because this is uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Are uh, the synoptic gospels? They have the same story sometimes all the way through them. And uh, Matthew chapter 15 and Mark chapter 7 here are kind of the same story, right? But we're going to stay in Matthew 15, but um, just reference that. Oh, yeah. And there's an app for this, the My <laughs> Custom Church app. And uh, so we'll have an outline download, downloaded there, and uh, we can uh, follow along right there and fill in any blanks. I didn't put blanks in the bulletin this morning. Sorry about that. So, all right, um, let's go ahead and pray as we get started. Dear God, thank you, Lord, for this day. It's definitely odd. There's, there's a few folks gathered in your house, but uh, it's, we're here, and we're here to worship you. We're here to open your word, and we're here to study it and to learn from it, and most of all, just may we glorify you through it. So I pray that uh, these words can uh, touch the hearts that it's intended to touch and that uh, everyone can enjoy and uh, as we open your word in this time together. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So we are literally going to walk through verse by verse uh, here through this because I like this passage. And what got me thinking about this passage, the um, title of this message is Jesus didn't wash his hands. At a time like this, I could not believe that Jesus would not wash his hands. And I, I got, so this passage, right? Um, here it goes about the traditions and commandments of the Pharisees and their interaction with Jesus. So we're going to dive right in and look at the first chapter, first verse of chapter 15. It says, Then the Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, So let's set this stage here a little bit. We have the Pharisees and we have the scribes. So we kind of all think we know who the Pharisees and the scribes are. So a few things about them, right? So the Pharisees, they're called the separated ones. Right? We kind of know they were kind of a distinguished class. We can kind of tell from talking to Jesus, they felt they were a little higher, mighty, you know, than the common person. Right? They were the most uh, largest and most influential political and religious party at the time. And we know they butted heads with Jesus quite often. They controlled the Jewish synagogues. Uh, they were the keepers and developers of the oral and written law. Right? So these were um, people there for sure that, uh, that we know conflict with Jesus. And this is a confrontation here that, that they came to. So it says the Pharisees and the scribes, right? So the scribes are like, well, it says and, so who else are we talking about? All right, so the scribes, they're the ones trained in um, writing skills. They record events and decisions of the day. Uh, they taught the law. They were the experts in the law. And uh, they were kind of like the uh, subject matter experts on the law is what we say in the industry type things. They know the law best, right? They know it best. And uh, so they came along and um, they were experts um, when someone broke the law, all right? So if something went wrong, they were kind of like, they were like, oh, did you break this rule? And they would come, they would open it up, they would, yep, 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 you broke it right here, sub-article, you know, 14A, you know, page 1048. So you have these two groups, Pharisees and the scribes. They came to Jesus, all right? I think that's important because they came to Jesus, right? And uh, they came from Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is important because Jerusalem is like the... Uh, it's not really epicenter, but it's like 
the center, right, of, of all of the other synagogues, right? It's the main one. So they didn't come from a little synagogue in, 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 synagogue in Antioch or other places. Um, they came from one from Jerusalem. So they came from the center, right? They, that was the cream of the crop, right? So these people come to Jesus, right? And then in verse 2 it says, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. So I'm just casually reading this passage uh, the other day. I'm thinking, oh boy, Jesus didn't wash his hands. I'm thinking, oh my. What do we hear today? What's the number one rule today? And it's a good rule. What should we do? Wash your hands. Wash your hands, right? So we get it and we should say, twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you... 20 seconds, right? 20 seconds, right? We wash our hands, right? You can sing happy birthday, right? 20 and sing something. Actually... There's a, I saw something on, on Relevant Magazine. I'm not promoting Relevant Magazine. It was just one of the first things that come up. But Relevant Magazine, they have Christian songs, modern Christian songs. Where they'll tell you where to start singing, and they'll tell you where to stop singing during the song. So you can check that out and, uh, after the message. And so that tells you. So you get a full 20 seconds for proper hand washing. And so I'm like, oh boy, here we go. So he's getting called out for not washing their hands. And it says, break the tradition. Right? In a minute, we're going to speak about tradition versus commandments, right? So it says they do not break the tradition of the elders. I'm like, okay, what's that tradition? All right, so if you could turn with me to Exodus chapter 30. All right, Exodus chapter 30, verse 17. And this is kind of where this tradition started, right? It says, The Lord said to Moses, You shall also make a basin of bronze, with its stand of bronze for washing, you shall put it between the tent of meeting and the altar, and you shall put water in it, with which Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet. When they go to the tent of meeting, or when they come near the altar to minister to burn a food for the offering, they shall wash with water, so they may not die. They shall wash their hands and their feet, so that they may not die. It shall be a statute forever to them, even to him and to his offspring throughout his generations. Right? So that's the first... Um, time that we see this and hear this, right? Oral tradition. But what happened over time is that this washing of hands became, they took it out of the temple and they took it into every home. So it became a tradition. It's still practiced today, right? Still practiced today. And uh, this is on YouTube as well. So what they do before the folks in the Jewish faith, they will still wash their hands in this manner. And it's a ceremonial type cleansing that this tradition is talking about. So what they'll do, they'll take, they have a special cup. I don't have the special cup. They have a special cup. It's got two handles on it, right? And they'll take, they'll take it, take a cup of water, and they'll dump it over their hand two times. Okay? Make sure they rinse it. Okay? And then they'll take another cup of water twice. Okay? And then they'll say a prayer. Okay, they'll say a prayer. And there's, they, they can't speak during the prayer. Right? And then they will say a prayer and then they will wash their hands, wipe their hands down. Okay? Now, while they are um, still have their hands wet, they'll recite a prayer. And it is translated into as such Blessed are you, Lord our God, ruler of the universe who has sanctified us with your commandments and command, commands us regarding hand washing. Right? 
So this is the ritual aspect of it. And it's just like, you know, if we say a prayer before we eat, right? It's to slow down. It is to take time and to make sure that you are thanking God for the meal. That's a red hat. And that's what they would do before the bread. So I, 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 not like I let Jesus off the hook here or anything, but I was like, okay, all right. So at least I know that Jesus wasn't worried about what was under his fingernails or anything like that. This was a ceremonial, right, ceremonial thing that it was apparent to Jesus that they had become too concerned with the act and the ritual versus the intent, okay? And Jesus was more worried about the purity of the heart, which we will get to in just a minute. All right, so verse number, verse number three. All right, he answered them, and why do you break the commandment of God? For the sake of your tradition, which we just saw, that tradition there. Why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? So now Jesus is setting it up, right? We have the commandment of God versus the tradition of man. And we've often talked about that several times, but the commandment of God versus the tradition of man. And now, right, we're in that same kind of situation. You know, we've been trying to make decisions at work or workplaces around about what, what do we do? Right? What are we going to do? What's the government going to do? They just passed this passage. Yeah. Who are we going to trust? Are we going to trust our government? Are we going to trust man? Are we going to trust God? Right? So all these different situations, decisions in our lives, it's still important today. Do we trust God or do we trust man? Right? We have the, uh, you know, the victory of the grave. Right? We have that evidence and we have the promises that we get to stand on each day, which is what we need in this time for sure. So Jesus sets it up there, the commandment of God versus the sake of the Pharisees' traditions. All right, verse 4. For God commanded, honor your father and mother, and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. So it's like, so what are these two, right? We're familiar with the first one. At least I was very familiar with the first one. Honor your father and mother, right? That's out of Exodus 20, verse 12. And then whoever reviles father, their father or mother must surely die. I didn't know what reviles meant. It's like curse. Like, woo, I know what my mom would do. And the story's husky. Oh, I, the stories you've told about your mother, I could only imagine if you cursed your mother, what would happen? And uh, I never did. I, never, I remember when I was really young, I did something. I don't remember what I did. And mom and dad will probably be watching this. Right? But I don't remember what I did. But I remember my mom threatening me. Wait till your daddy gets home. I don't remember what it was. And I don't remember getting spanked much after that. Actually, at all after that. But that fear, right? that fear that, that they stuck. So the, this, that passage comes from Exodus 21, verse uh, 17. I was like, okay, where'd they get that from? And uh, sure enough, right there it is, Jesus quoting, right? It says in Exodus 21, 17, whoever curses his father or mother shall be put to death, right? And after your mom or daddy hits you, you might wish you were dead, right? But, um, but that's what God commands in his scripture, Right? In the Old Testament, there are different, different ceremonial laws and stuff. But honor your father and mother. Whoever reviles his father and mother must surely die. But, but, all right? But you say, that's the Pharisees say, if anyone tells his father or his mother, what you would have gained from me is given to God. He need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. So that's a little bit of a mouthful. I'm like, well, what's he talking about there? And essentially, we think about 
where do the Pharisees, it's kind of like a, modern day is kind of like a rest home. I, I use kind of like a rest home analogy, okay? And what I mean by that is, right, what you would have gained for me is given to God. So these are the Pharisees, and they kind of stay where? They stay in the church, in the synagogue at the time, okay? But what they were doing was essentially giving all of their income, ties, money, they were giving it right back to the church. That sounds great, right? Give it all to the church. But Jesus is saying here, what they're doing is they're not taking care of their mother and father. And using the church as an excuse to do that. And that's not bringing honor at all to their mother and father. They're supposed to take care of them. right? So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. Okay? Everybody kind of got that? Yeah, and that's kind of that. It was the real wordy there uh, in the scripture. But what you would have gained from me, so what your parents would have got, I gave it to God. But then now their parents are left, right? A lot of us face those different decisions, right? On do we take care of our mother and father, rest home, different things like that, right? But that applies to today. That uh, who who can we help support? You know who who, and we have to have to do that. Okay, and then it goes, you hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy to you when he said, The people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And this is the first time in this passage that we say, But their heart is far from me. Right? So this is, uh, I've got to introduce you to a person of our family. This is our seventh child. And this is our seventh child. Right? And this is, this is Gracie. Right? This is Gracie. Right? And this is Lillian's, this is Lillian's girl. Right. Oops, sorry. I'm sure. Right, and in this, <laughs> and in this passage, right, it says uh, the people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And when I say the lips, this is all that God was hearing. Right, this is it. Lip movement. That's it. But their actions. Sorry, action. Yeah, Lily was Lily's a lot better at this than I am. Right, but think about that. This is all that they saw here. When it says the people honor me with their lips, but their heart. Is far from me, right? Their heart is far from me. You did very good, thank you. Okay? All right. But in vain, verse 9, in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Right? So I heard this quote this past week. I thought it was really good. Heard this quote. It says, especially in these times, and it was said during these times, it says, often we do church. But now is the time to be the church. I was like, yes, yes, that's it. Often we do church, now is the time to be the church. And verse 9 here says, In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And why I put that quote here is because I just think of the vanity of the worship. Right? What does it mean? We come here on Sunday mornings, we'll sing a song, we'll open the scripture. But if nothing changes, if we're not impactful, if we don't make a change in other people's lives... What's it for? If we don't share the gospel, what's it for? If we don't bring hope to people, what's it for? All right, so vanity. All right, we're going we're gonna to read on here in this passage. So we're in chapter 15, verse 10. And he called, this is Jesus, and he called the people to him and said to them, Hear and understand. It is not what goes into mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person. Then the disciples came and said to him, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying? 
I like this question here because this shows the, the, the power and the perception that the Pharisees had in the culture of the day, right? Because the disciples are like, do you realize what you just said to them? Do you realize? This is what Jesus said. Jesus is, oh, I, 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 like his, uh, I like his response. Verse 13 says, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be rooted up. Let them alone. They are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Now, I know that, 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 that when I first read that, I'm like, you get them, Jesus. Right? But there's other passages in the scripture where Jesus is so frustrated with the Pharisees, not because he doesn't want them to understand. He's trying over and over and over and over to get the Pharisees to understand that he is the answer. And how frustrated are, are we with some people that we try to talk to and they just don't get it. But we have to keep trying. We have to keep trying. We have to keep trying to talk to people about Christ and bring them into that relationship. All right? But Peter said to him, explain the parable to us. And he said, Jesus said, are you also still without understanding? So just like Jesus was frustrated with the same Pharisees that didn't get it, that this was a matter of the heart, not just a matter of washing your hands. This is a matter of the heart. His disciples don't get it either. Right? They don't get it either. So Jesus is like, are you also still without understanding? Verse 17, do you not see what whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach is then expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from where it proceeds from the heart. And this defiles the person goes on to say, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. Jesus was taking this lesson of oral tradition and teaching the Pharisees, teaching his disciples, teaching everyone around him. It's not about how clean your hands are. It's not about this checklist of things to do. It's a matter of your heart. Where's your heart at? Where's the intention of your actions to treat others well, to treat others as your, as your neighbor that you want to be treated? So we, we look at this pure heart. I think, well, how do I get a pure heart? How do I get it? So if you'll turn with me to Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1. Grab a quick swig of water. Gracie, can I have that water? Thank you. Didn't know how many people were going to be here during the recording session, so I brought my own audience. All right. Okay, <laughs> All right. So in the first chapter of Isaiah, okay, here, here we go. Verse 16, and we're going to walk right through this passage as well, okay? Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds before my eyes. So, so in Isaiah here, the, the prophet is talking to the, the, the Israelites, right? And he's talking about how wicked they are. They need to come back to them. A few verses before this passage, um, he's talking about how the offerings are in vain. It's a very similar concept and very similar theme to the passage we just read in the New Testament. And he says, remove the evil of your deeds from before my eyes, right? And um, I think about remove it from his eyes, but then I think about all the other senses as well, right? God doesn't want to see our sin. He doesn't want to smell it, hear it, taste it, touch it. He doesn't want anything to do with it. He wants that purity, right? So we have to get rid of that. You know, the, the, the toilet paper, you know, all that, right? Hoarding, the selfishness. 
Do you think that got, made God happy? I do agree with Brother Carl. He said, one package isn't just right when you've got six kids in your house. I, I, do, I, do think, I do think they should have evaluated that one pack rule based on, based on members in your household, just not who are in the store. Um, but, you know, God wouldn't be happy with that hoarding, that selfishness, right? Um, all right, let's continue on. Then it says, uh, before my eyes, cease to do evil. Cease to do evil. Just stop it. <laughs> just stop it, right? So many people want a self-help plan. Here, here's your seven steps to a better life. Here's seven steps to make yourself better. Here's 11 steps to just make you a better person. Sometimes you just need to stop it. God's Word says do this. Do it. Get the big Nike check. Just do it. Sometimes just stop it. Then it says learn to do good. Right? How do you learn to do good? What is good? Defined by God's words, what's in the scripture. So we have to read it. I haven't read this as much as I need to, especially with my family the last couple weeks. And that's what's been convicted on my heart. We finally started a psalm challenge because I got off my butt about let's do something together with this, right? That's my challenge to everyone is to do it together. This is a wonderful time to do it together. You read that word. Listen to the Holy Spirit. You know, Find you a spiritual mentor, right? Find you a spiritual mentor, that's someone that you can learn from. Um, Pastor Huff tells me I learn what not to do more from him than what I do. That's not true, right? But one of the greatest things uh, that he's taught me is, uh, and, I'm, and I'm not going to tread lightly because it's, it's true here, Jesus was not a Republican and he was not a Democrat. He was not, right? There was, a, and that goes right here with the seek justice and correct oppression. Uh, the other day I watched um, God's Not Dead 3. And there is a scene in that movie that, that captures the spirit of this. And I, I want to share that with you. Okay? And uh, they're getting ready to go into the, the, the courtroom. They're kind of prepping for, for the case. Right? And uh, here's a quote from the movie. And it says this. It says, uh, Jesus was the ultimate social justice warrior. He said the lives of children mattered and regarded women with honor and dignity in a cultural moment where a woman's testimony wasn't even permissible in the court of law. He consistently stood up for the mistreated and the marginalized. We are all responsible for our part, but it's grace and then justice, not the other way around. Whether you serve the court or the law, you should follow the example of Jesus because without grace as our goal, we're just fighting with each other. Well, that was so true, so true. And that is at one hour and seven minutes. If you would like to skip to the part of the movie, get that book. <laughs> but seek justice, correct oppression. Um, bring justice to the fatherless. Bring justice to the fatherless. Um, I ask permission of Brother Josue to share this, but he, he, he is doing this. He is living this right now. He's helping out a family. He has five extra kids in his house right now. He maxes out his 15-passenger van. He requested extra prayer, right? But he is doing exactly this passage. He's providing, him and Christina are providing for that family that needs them right now. It's incredible. Plead the widow's calls. Right? Um, Renee shared with me the other day the concept of elderly adoption. I had never heard that. 
And right now, you can't really do much with it simply because of, you know, people restricted and movement stuff. But that's simply where if there's people in rest homes that don't have anybody near them or people that are states away, close to relatives, you go with them. You sit with them at appointments or you read to them, you talk to them. You essentially adopt them as part of your family. So plead the widow's cause. In verse 18, it says, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Now, when I read this, I'm like, reason together with the Lord. I think that could be a little one-sided. But when I read it, God's going to tell us just like it is. That's his side. He's going to tell us just like it is. But we still choose to listen and talk to God. Right? So that's both sides of reasoning together. He's going to tell you what's going to happen. And if he tells you, if you choose A, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Though your sins are like scarlet... They shall be as white as snow. They are red like crimson. They shall become like wool. Right? So we have, you know, Renee loves, the, loves quilting. I was like, honey, you got some fabric? Yeah, I got fabric. Right? No magic trick, but just simply to show, right, that if our sin and our heart is stained, right, is stained just like this, right, he washes us just like this to be clean. He washes us. Kind of a funny thing about that Bible translation. You know, we see that white as snow. And it's one of the things I always remember, but different translations of the Bible for different cultures and groups. It, this uh, shall be as white as snow. In one translation, it was translated as white as coconut meat. Okay? White as coconut meat. Because that culture, you know, in that, in that climate, in that, uh, that zone, never seen snow. They don't know what snow is. So, um, but pure, right? Pure. Is what we're looking for there. Verse 19. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And right there, that's, that's the day of judgment. If we listen, if we are willing and obedient. Right? If we are willing and obedient, we shall eat the good of the land. That's the choices. That's the choice that we have. But if you refuse and rebel, shall be eaten by the sword. And I think about the two choices. Right? And it's that simple. It's, it's the heaven and hell. It's the security that we have in this time. Right? Or it's the insecurity and fear. It's the insecurity and fear. And as Christians, it's our job now to take this right, to people. I'm just, I don't know what's going to come out of this. Just like nobody else in this situation with the coronavirus knows what's going to come out of it. We're worshiping different. We're interacting differently. Right? But we know that God has called us to be relational people. So I'm confident that, that we will come back together. But in this time, think about what God is calling you to do. Who is he calling you to take care of? Who, what need do you see that you need to go share with people? Right? Are you willing and obedient to help others in this time? So this passage here tells us how to make a pure heart. Right? Remove evil. Stop doing it. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. And help the fatherless and widowed. So God can and will turn your sins that stain your heart from scarlet and crimson to snow and wool if we are willing and obedient to his call. So in this time of turmoil, even now we're called to be obedient to his call. So the challenge today is, are you willing to do what God has called us to do? Are we willing to continue to share the message? Look for ways to help others. 
so that we can ultimately lead them to a relationship with Christ. Let's pray. God, thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Lord, for these two passages. It's just, it's amazing how the, the theme of, of just, you know, in our hearts, we struggle with selfishness and pride and just so many things that we struggle with. But you give us a choice to come to you. You give us a choice to come to you. You give us that free will to choose you. And Father, I pray that everyone listening to this message will choose you. Choose the victory that they can have by putting you first in their life. It's so hard. It's so hard. I wish we could say it was just easy to do. But it's not because there's constant struggles, constant temptations. But that's where the church comes into play to help each other, encourage each other, and keep our eyes focused on you. So I pray today that we can just leave um, our houses. Uh, well, actually, I guess we can't really leave our house, right? But focus on you, no matter where we're at. Maybe we're at a time where we have to stay still. If so, let us stay still and listen to your word and what we uh, need to get from it. Let us stay just engrossed in your word and just absorb it. And for some of us, it might be busier than we were before. Whether we're essential or not essential, your word is essential in our lives. We have to have it. So I just pray that we see the needs. Let us see the needs. Show us the needs. And let us answer your call in this time. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.